Nina, it is a pleasure to have you on the show today. How are you? How has everything been? I mean, what a whirlwind of an experience having this game in the wild. Now the reviews are epic. The game is epic. How are you feeling? Oh, amazing. I mean, first of all, thank you for having me uh, on your podcast. And uh, My pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it has been a whirlwind. It's been amazing and humbling and incredible um all at the same time i feel like the last three months haven't really been real um <laughs> yeah i i've spoken a little bit about this uh in in previous interviews but i didn't realize what a big game this was actually so i've kind of come into it a bit blind and a bit naive not quite knowing the scope of things uh and yeah, I'm just so grateful for and humble to be to be part of this. Just the fact that I got to play such an amazing character has been amazing. And I'm kind of I'm really missing it. <laughs> I want to get back. I want to get back into the booth. And uh, yeah, no, uh, it's 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 amazing. How do you stay humble when every damn comment is how good you are and how <laughs> amazing of a performance it is? It's great. I I'm I'm having to like pinch myself. It's yeah. yeah, it's everyone's so lovely. You know, sometimes you get you get the odd negative comment here and there, but it's always like that. When you're in the business, you know, you, you always get that no matter what what production you're part of, what whatever uh, roles you've played. But with this, it has been overwhelmingly positive and yeah, I mean, everyone's making me really arrogant now. I'm becoming uh, super <laughs> I arrogant. I can tell, and... Nina. It's really <laughs> it's rubbing off on you. Come on. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so it's so so nice. I, I don't really know what to say. I'm I'm just I'm actually I write this like gratitude journal in the evenings. I try to do like gratitude time every day as much as I can. Yeah. And I write down all of the positive comments I get. So Do I, I wow. don't, yeah, I don't, I don't take them for granted. I really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't write down every single comment, but, you know, I'll yeah. kind of remind myself that I've had really lovely feedback every day and uh, yeah, it's just boosting my confidence. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we'll get into Benedicta and, and Final Fantasy, but take us back to growing up because i know you had a polish mother a norwegian father how what's that yeah. like yeah so um i grew up in norway uh most of the time uh with a polish mother and norwegian father you've done your research that's amazing um and uh we spoke both languages at home Wow. Uh, and luckily, you know, my mom learned Norwegian, my dad learned Polish. So it was quite a nice situation where everyone could understand each other, whether we spoke Polish or Norwegian. So, yeah, I felt like I grew up bilingual uh, that way. And I think maybe languages have come quite easy for me. So my English is now very good. You know, when I when I first moved to the UK, which was in 2011 so that's what 12 13 years ago now Goes 12 fast, years ago yeah. um yeah my english was terrible uh i couldn't wow. string along a, i couldn't have a proper conversation with people and i went to the uk to go to drama school 
And originally, I didn't actually get in because my English was too bad. So I had huh. to do these like IELTS tests and like TOEFL tests that kind of, uh, they test your uh, language ability. And I scored below average, like, you know, below the score I needed to get to get into the school. And I remember just writing a long email to them being like, I promise I will learn the language. Like, please admit me still. Um, I'll take English lessons after class. And, you know, as soon as you move to, to a different country and you're forced to use the language, you learn it very quickly. It's the best way to learn a new language, to be fair. So um, after I moved, I moved to Scotland, which wasn't, you know, an easy accent to understand at first. But <laughs> um, after six months, I was fluent. And yeah, since then, I've been working with accent teachers and like voice coaches to to really pin down different British accents. So, yeah, I, I get a lot of questions about where I'm actually from because people can't really tell. Uh, they can't really tell that I'm foreign, I guess. I get like Irish quite a lot and stuff. And I think it's just a mix of me living in Scotland and moving to the UK and doing all of these accent accent lessons. But yeah. Um, so I guess that was sort of like my earlier years. Then I moved to London, started working as an actress and uh, got my agents and started working in the film industry, did some theater, um, TV industry, mainly actually in recent years, it's been mainly TV. And then I was lucky to fall into the voiceover business and, and work on amazing video games. Um, yeah. So that's. What was that's it like growing kind of up in Norway? It's, it's a beautiful place. Uh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I haven't been myself. I'd love to go one day. I mean, it was amazing. I mm. really miss Norway uh, a lot. I try to go back as much as I can. Um, it's a very, how can I, like a very calm place, I guess. Mm. So I felt like as a kid, I felt very safe to leave home and go and explore you know my mom would be like okay as long as you're home for dinner at five just you know go wherever go. as long as you're yeah. off you go yeah and so <laughs> with my friends we'd like cycle on these long expeditions like you know cycling all around my town and um yeah it, it's a very safe place I'd say uh, and it's a great place to grow up because there's so much nature you can play outside and yeah, I've I feel very grateful for for the fact that I got to to grow up there. How do you adapt moving because you move from there to London to Scotland? You've been all around the place. Is that a culture shock to you or are you used to that now? Well, now I'm used to it. And yeah. I didn't think I didn't think it would be a culture shock actually, because you kind of think that all the Western countries are sort of similar in culture, but I mean, it, it was once I moved there, it was quite, quite the culture shock. I, it, yeah. I remember the first few years and it was, you know, it was in a funny and, and lovely and loving way, but people would laugh at how European I was. And I, <laughs> I remember, I remember thinking, but what, what do you mean? Norway is not in the EU at the time, you know, 
UK was in the EU. So my my uh, argument would be like, you guys are more European than me, but yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it took me a while to sort of uh, understand, I guess, the, the sense of humor. Ah, um, uh, yeah. I think I get it now. I hope <laughs> I get it now. I think I get it. But at first, you know, I wouldn't quite understand jokes and irony and I take things personally or I was way too forward with, you know, saying things as they are whilst in the UK there's there's a tendency to sort of talk yourself down and apologize a lot, which I've started to do now myself. Uh, but that's not something you do in Norway. You kind of just say it as it is and it can come across as harsh and forward. But um, yeah, so it was interesting to, to what's the word, acclimatize to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It took, took me a few years, but I feel very much like a Londoner now. Yeah. The, obviously COVID was was not great for anyone, but for you, you were working on this game, right, during COVID? No, so we took no? a break actually. Um during COVID, I was working on Assassin's Creed. Uh, Valhalla. Great Valhalla, game. yeah. So they they uh kept going and um sort of guided all of the voice talent to build a studio from home. So you were and one of them that built. I I was one of ah. them, yeah. So I did some some of my Assassin's Creed recordings was from home, and picture this: you're <laughs> kind of you're you're trying to isolate the sound. You know, yeah. if you if you don't have a sound studio, which now you know, fortunately, I do have like a voice voice studio at home, but. Uh, if you don't have it, you need to create it somehow and you need to kind of isolate the sound so that it sounds quite dry and so that you don't really hear ambience from the room and stuff. So at one point I had stacked loads of chairs on top of each other uh, and had borrowed my friend's duvet and my own duvet, kind of clipped them together, put them over the, the tower and you were in of it. chairs oh, and I wow. was in it. <laughs> sweating sweating that'd be hot so much because it was so warm oh there's no air cons know, allowed when you're doing no. voiceover <laughs> oh and valhalla mm. as well is it was a lot of you know battles and screams and so you get you know you get a workout after a session like that yeah uh. i it, it was what it was it ended up sounding you know great so 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 that's great but um no we took a break from uh, uh final fantasy so in a way it was quite uh quite interesting to dive back into it after the pandemic mm. was over um and we had to sort of i had to remind myself a little bit what I, what i had recorded in previous recordings so they would sort of play back what i had recorded and i'd have to sort of match my voice to what i did uh, because yeah it was such a long break in between um yeah so, i can't yeah. think of any other circumstances where that would happen to an actor where you go away yeah. besides yeah. you know if there was a sequel to a game or something like that but yeah that must be bizarre to just leave her behind and then pick her back up a year or so later 
It was, it was very bizarre. And, you know, when you kind of leave it as well, when you hit, when we hit COVID, you know, we didn't, I didn't know whether it was going to go ahead again. Cause a lot of my projects that I had prior to COVID and once the pandemic hit got canceled and never happened. So, wow. yeah. So it was like, yeah, you didn't really know whether it was going to continue or not. Or, or I didn't. So mm. it was nice to, it was nice to come back and delve back into her story. Um, but yeah, it was a long break. Do you remember, before we get into that, do you remember your time on Bravely Default? I, I know I have a few fans that yeah. loved, loved that game. I'm just yeah. curious how your experience on that one. Oh my God. I loved, I loved playing Edna. She's, it's quite a, it's a very heightened game so the characters are much more heightened and yeah i felt like i could just be the weirdest self (laughs) possible uh are you someone that moves in the booth are you oh yeah 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 i will move sometimes i'll punch the mic (laughs) you know the setup falls uh yeah um with edna there was a lot of physicality involved because she's so fierce uh yeah and a lot of sort of laughing and screaming and shouting as well i i seem to be typecast for these roles i think well badass women crazy women yeah like people who are just absolutely (laughs) bonkers and yeah but like edna's edna's one of those um but yeah i remember recording this uh, that was a way, a way back now. I can't quite remember when, but I remember. 2018, the, the yeah. Yeah, probably around that time. Um, and I didn't spend as long with that character. We had like quite intense sessions sort of back to back. So yeah, I wasn't with her for, for as long as I was with Benedicta. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I have fond memories. <laughs> so Benedicta, how did this all come about for you? And you said that you didn't quite understand the gravitas of this game and what you were getting yourself into. So I'm guessing your first session you weren't nervous at all. You were you were just ready to go. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I remember the casting process because it was one of the first times that I actually had a recall for a game. Uh, usually you kind of send a voice sample and then you get picked or or you don't get picked. Uh, but with this, I had to go into the studio and and I met loads of people. Uh, you know, Koji was there and some of the uh, voice directors were there. And uh, the audition was so so amazing it was so much fun you know you get kind of sent coded scripts and coded characters so I didn't know what character it was I was auditioning for I didn't know what the game was Mm. all I knew was that it was like some cool scenes and the funny thing is that the scenes are similar to the ones in the game but kind of slightly rewritten so that's Mm. how they see whether you suit the character or not um do you remember what scene it was from the the I know we're going back a while now, so if you don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't it, blame you. It was, 
I think it was the first scene, one of the earlier scenes with Clive where he confronts her. Uh-huh. And she's yep. super savvy and she's like, come little lamb. That scene, I think it was that. And then some of the later scenes, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything in case people haven't played all of it, but some of the later really intense, you know, emotional yeah. scenes. Um, so they yeah. wanted to explore my entire range and I, and they got that actually, they got that yeah. in the audition. Sounds so, like it. Um, yeah. And then I kind of just got an email from my agent saying, congratulations, you got the role. And I didn't think much more of it because I don't know, like you, you, as, as a voice actor, you get given these roles in video games, but some, sometimes they never tell you what it is. So even after Mm -hmm. they have released the game, you don't, get told unless you I guess you're you're the lead so it was the first time I kind of played a like a bigger lead in a game I think potentially but again I don't know because maybe there's other games out there that that I don't know of yeah um yeah so I didn't I didn't think that much of it and I I didn't know how many sessions I was gonna have either so, you know, when the sessions kind of kept on coming in and I kept on being booked in, you know, I kind of, I think I maybe did one or two sessions a month. And then, you know, each month we would do a little session. Uh, I was kind of just positively surprised that they kept on bringing me back in. I think both David, who plays Barnabas, and obviously um, Ben, who plays Clive, both of them got the... F- got the full script sent to them because you know because they're in so much yeah they yeah they need to know whilst I wasn't sent the entire script I think because my character appears only in the beginning really so Mm -hmm. I didn't really need to know the rest um so I didn't quite know so you've got no idea where the story is going (laughs) not really no I didn't (laughs) really quite know yeah uh which Many actors would have freaked out about that because you kind of yeah. want to prepare and you want to know where 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 your character is going and like what your emotional arc is. But for me, it actually worked really well because I felt like I was just in the moment in the booth. Mm. Um, and I was just concentrating on that scene specifically, giving my all to that scene, not thinking about how it affected everything else. So I think it actually worked really well for me um, because, yeah, I had no expectations. I didn't feel uh, the pressure of playing a bigger part. Like, I didn't know it was... I didn't know she was one of, of one of the dominants, really, until, like, very late in the session where they were like, do you know what game this is? Like, do you realize the scope of your character? Like... <laughs> You know, yeah. she's going to have an impact. And I was like, no, I I didn't actually know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it yeah. kind of removed all pressure and expectations. Um, so I felt very free in the sessions, uh, very unafraid. And, you know, but you can't be afraid when, when you play Benedicta because she's very unafraid. I mean, maybe I don't want to say anything. There's, you know, there's a little fear in there, but um. Mm-hmm. But she's she comes across as very fear, 
fearless and fierce. So well, she's a very interesting character because I I feel like there's a there's a big past there that that's yet to yeah. be explored. Do they tell yeah. you much about that backstory going in, or do you have to piece that together yourself? They did tell me. They did send like a character sheet and a background story for her. So I did know that before I started recording. So I knew kind of what she had been through. So I knew how to color her as as a person. There's a reason why people are the way that they are due to previous experiences and how they've lived their life and how they've been treated and she's got a very colorful one. So um, I did bring that in mind, uh, keep that in mind, I mean, when when I was voicing her character. Um, yeah. Because so I feel like there's a past me. there with, with Sid that yeah. I don't know if you can give us any insights on that that we might not know, but there's an interesting I'm, relationship there. There is. Mm. Yeah, they, they have a very complex, interesting relationship. I feel like it's something I haven't quite discussed with Square Enix yet, so I feel like I'm a bit scared to give out too much. No, that's in fine. In case I... I'm not allowed. But uh, but yeah, they have a very interesting relationship, and they're both characters are very important for each other. Mm. Um, so it feels yeah. like he he left her behind a little bit. He and she's got a grudge against him. That's what it, that's how I interpret it. Mm. I would say, yeah, yeah, there's definitely. That's interesting. You interpret it that way. Yeah, it's not. I'm not. I'm wrong. Some people. No, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. Okay. I'm just, you know, it's. You th- I think there's always two sides to a story. Two sides to to um. That's uh, a thing. Like a. To the argument, yeah. Yeah, like an argument. So, someone might take it that way. I think maybe I saw it in a different light when I was recording oh. her. Okay. But um, yeah, I think it's more complex than that. And this is, again, kudos to the writing because the characters are so amazingly developed and and real uh, and deep. So there's it's never black and white, I feel like. So yeah, with Benedicta, I don't think it's one left the other. Mm. I believe it's more more complex than that. This is a bit of a generic question, but I'm really curious what your, is there a favorite line or scene that for you that stood out above the rest at all? I'm just curious because she had so much, as you say, great dialogue and de- development throughout your time. I'm just curious, any of, any of the scenes stand out for you? Yeah, I think I always like the high impact emotional scenes. I'm yeah. one of those actors that thrive I thrive on letting out emotions. And I I find a lot of dialogue and the more sort of mundane scenes where you have to give information and speak a lot, I don't like them as much. Those are the ones that really? I find the most yeah, those are the scenes I find the hardest to do. Whilst with the emotional stuff uh, I can kind of just dive right into it. And and uh, so I think f- my favorite scenes were towards the end oh, of oh, I mean, I'm Benedictus the same. time. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, towards the end of the, her of her time in the game, uh, I remember those recordings really fondly, <laughs> and it was like uh, it was it was basically a therapy session. You know, I, you know, it's it's uh, it is it is it becomes a therapy session really uh, because you can't you can't keep anything in. You got to You got to give her your full truth. You know, so whatever I have, I have to bring into her. Um, so yeah, those were the best sessions for me because after that I came home and I was so light. I don't know whether whether you've ever had that experience, but if if you're keeping something inside and mm. then finally you manage to let go of it, whether you have, I don't know, you're angry or or even it could be like um sort of hysterical laughter like some sort of hysterical emotion and after you've let that out you just feel so light and good so how did you build up to that hysterical emotion because you can't just get into it like that in the booth can you after five minutes you're straight there you got to build up to that right not really for (laughs) i'm just (laughs) i'm just crazy you know Well, can you, you maybe know, you can turn it on straight away. I mean, everyone's different. Yeah. I feel like I'm at the point now where I can just turn it on. Uh, but wow. it's it's not always been like that. It's come with practice, like years of practice, I guess. So I remember when I first started drama school and I first um I was very new in the industry, I didn't have the techniques to channel my emotions as easily so I remember back then I I needed time to get in the mode you know I needed like an hour or two to kind of get into it and then I could channel emotions or whatever I would you know think about horrible things or listen to music that reminded me of a horrible situation or experience um and for many years, that's how I worked. I I had to do that. So like if I was filming something and I knew I had a very emotional scene the next day, I was a nightmare the night, like the, the day before. Um, but now I'm not like that anymore. I think it comes with with practice. Now I'm kind of where I can just turn it on and off. And sometimes it's actually hard to, to uh, control it. Because if I get overexcited about something or or I get too into a discussion or something, like my, the emotions kind of come like that. So, yeah. Um, for me, with when I was uh, recording Benedicta, it was very much just turn it on and off. Uh, yeah, I didn't need much prep time. Yeah, wow. That's interesting. So you could you could cry on cue pretty much, right? Am I safe to say that? I'm not on cue, but I'm not going to make you do it now. <laughs> don't, worry. don't make me do it. Now. No, no, no. But I mean, uh, given a few minutes, you can get to that yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. I think so. Uh, you know, of course, there there are days where it's harder. Mm. Um, I find that if I am personally going through something traumatic in my life that's when I'm protecting myself so it's harder for me to get into the emotions Mm. so for instance I can give you an example I had a self-tape a few few weeks ago or actually no a few months ago now 
And I was really upset about something that day. And uh, the self-tape I had was needed to be very emotional. And I just couldn't get couldn't get a single tear out. It was like it, I wasn't blank. having it. Mm. I was blank because I was subconsciously protecting myself because I was already feeling very vulnerable. So, yeah. When I'm good, when I'm have when I'm living a great life, I can turn turn the emotions on and off, but if something bad happens, then that's that's when I find it more difficult to channel the emotions. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I got to <laughs> say and and spoilers for anyone that hasn't um let's just go with halfway through the game, I would say. But anyway, the just play the game, guys, please. It's phenomenal. <laughs> the boss fight, I mean, that is spectacular. I don't know if you've seen the footage, but when I'm playing that, yeah. I'm it, it's just exhilarating. And the efforts that you and Ben are putting in and the music, the score, the man, what an experience yeah. that was. Yeah. That's very therapeutic as well. You know, yeah. I, I, I remember just doing a few sessions that were only efforts. So no dialogue whatsoever. It was just two hours or or whatever of like efforts and fighting and you don't have That's to go to the gym. Day. You don't have to go you don't have to go to the gym for a whole week afterwards. You're you're like flat yeah. out in bed. You can't move any muscle. Uh, but yeah, um I think you know they've they've done an amazing job. Uh yeah. the direct like directors and Square Enix and everyone it's just such it's done so brilliantly. It's cinematic as well as impactful in the music and just the sound design and you know all I do is I go into a booth and and give some efforts but they piece it together afterwards uh and you know pick mm. the right they pick the right cues for the right time so I feel like I need to give a lot of my performance oh. like it's incredible developers to, aren't they yeah yeah it's credits to the developers and everyone who pieced it together afterwards because they've done an incredible job um very talented yeah yeah but, but there yeah, was the boss fights amazing there was one part that it crossed the line nina i mean benedicta you can't touch a dog for me that's just crossing the line it wasn't me know. touching the dog it was torgal <laughs> Throwing himself at me, biting my neck. (laughs) You know how how else was I supposed to react? True, I mean, true. (laughs) It was so funny when those scenes were released. I had so many funny comments. I didn't realize again because I'm so new to the franchise. I didn't realize the love for Torgal. I love Torgal. I love him actually personally. I love him. Benedicta hates him, but personally, (laughs) I love him. I love. How can you not? (laughs) Um, (laughs) and it was so interesting. I got very like lovely comments on Twitter from people being like, "Oh, we really love you as Benedicta, but don't be mean to Torgal." (laughs) No one was. No one was directly mean to me. I thought maybe I would get more hatred. Like. Don't fucking touch the dog, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But well, everyone's really nice. He didn't nice die. Dog. Didn't die. So that luckily, no, if the exactly. dog, yeah, that would have been dog dies that there. Would, yeah. Yeah. I've had many many comments where people say if Torgal dies, I I'm not playing Final Fantasy anymore. Fair enough. I get it. 
for some reason, any movie where a dog dies, I'm oh, I'm, no. I'm an emotional wreck. Like Marley yeah. and Me. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Oh, oh, no, I haven't, but oh, I, I'm not sure if it. I want to watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't watch it. Oh, it's oh, just yeah. too much. Yeah. So yeah. when that boss fight is over, obviously, there's a lot of emotion in those final moments. Do you remember recording those and how yeah. you were feeling? Yeah, those were my favorite scenes. Those those yeah. are the scenes that I'm referring, you're referring to. Referring to, yeah. Yeah. Um it's so tragic. You know, I I look at her with such fondness. I because I know her inner feelings. To me, she's to me, she's just a girl who's sort of got guided in the wrong path. And She's had to put up walls. She's had to protect herself. I think deep down she's very sensitive and everything comes rushing back to her in those final moments. Um, yeah, so it was very cathartic scenes to to record. Um, Square Enix, if you're listening, we need a DLC, I think, with with Sid and Benedicta. I think there's a lot you could explore there, as I touched 100%. on earlier. I mean, 100%. and I, I love Ralph Innocent. He's a phenomenal oh. actor. He is. His voice is just so iconic. He's oh. the voice of the year now. He's the voice of the year with I Diablo agree. And, and Final Fantasy. He's incredible. Uh, in LA, actually, uh, when we were there, Ralph and I uh, pitched this to Yoshi P. So oh, Yoshi nice. P is aware. Yoshi nice. P is aware that we're we really want to to delve, you know, for, further into Sid's and Benedicta's history. But it's amazing so to me. See. It's amazing to me that you've got such great chemistry. But you you, you obviously never recorded together, right? You're you're hearing him in your ear or he's hearing you and you're playing is that how it works? You're playing off what you're hearing in your in the headset or if you're lucky the other mm. person has already recorded their lines so you can react off of them but in my case you weren't not, lucky <laughs> i wasn't lucky not much yeah. had been recorded beforehand so i ended up wow. doing scenes with hannah and morgan and ollie like the the voice directors in, who, who were always yeah. there in my sessions they would read in the lines of clive or of uh, sid uh and i would react off of them but you know no offense to to morgan ollie and hannah they're all amazing <laughs> but it's not the same as as reacting off of an actor no. delivering lines you know of course of course yeah so we had some funny moments um yeah sometimes it was actually easier for me not to not to hear other lines either just to kind of really dive into it yeah why is why is that why is it easier? Well, there's some scenes with Hugo. Oh, and... yeah, those scenes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, okay, honestly, <laughs> honestly, recording those scenes with the director reading in the other lines. Awkward or what? <laughs> you're, piss, you're pissing yourself with laughter. Like it, it's impossible to... to keep a straight face and i'm there you know thinking but oh, for fuck's sake like all i want to do is laugh it's so <laughs> it's so hilarious but i have to uh, 
I have to give the truth to Benedicta. She's in a different headspace. Like I need to be in her headspace, you know? <laughs> so uh, sometimes it was just easier not to hear the, like the, the lines and just record them sort of blind. Um, because yeah, it was impossible to keep a straight face. Oh, that's brilliant. So yeah. did, did, did Ralph ever talk to you about that? Cause he obviously heard all your lines when he was doing his performance, did he ever say, phenomenal job, Nina? Thank you for that, by the way. You made oh. my life easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, he never said that I made his life easy, no, but he's been very complimentary. I mean, everyone's Good. so compliment. Everyone's so lovely, like all the voice actors and everyone's incredible. And yeah, um, I think we're all very proud of what we have recorded. Like I can't say mm. there's not a weak there's not not a weak link in the in the cast whatsoever. Yeah, I mean we were all incredibly complimentary to each other because we're just in awe of the fact that we get to work together. Um, yeah, and I wish I wish that I did more ensemble recordings. I know that Ben and Ralph were sometimes in the studio together alongside uh, Susanna. Um, oh, okay. But I, yeah, but I was never given the opportunity to record with anyone else. I was always alone in the booth because no one wanted to um, subject the other actors to my <laughs> intenseness. They were intimidated, <laughs> Nina. They, they, maybe, yeah. They, maybe. They, they knew they were going to be overshadowed if they were in there with you, you know. Oh, no, no t definitely not overshadowed. Just, I, you know, when yeah. I'm in the booth, like I say, it's therapeutic. So. <laughs> That's what you get, you know. <laughs> was it? Was it? It wasn't a nice. Was it an isolating experience for you, or, or was it? How would you describe the entire experience? Amazing. It's. It was, such a. We were so lucky that we had so much time to record. So, when I, came into the session we would focus on one scene at a time mm. and we would keep going until we were happy. You know, it, we didn't really have a time limit. There wasn't a time pressure. Sometimes with other video games, they have very strict sort of, um, I guess. Three, three takes budget. and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of give two different versions of a line and then you skip to the next. Whilst here we were really, exploring we kind of delved into the scenes and and uh you know they had to explain everything to me in the session because i i had no clue really about what was going on so like half of the session was kind of like a storytelling mode where they told me okay this is this is what happens this is what just happened you know um but how beneficial is that when you get that oh, context yeah i mean you can hear you can hear the difference i think mm, that definitely the this is why the performances are incredible it's not because actors and other video games aren't good everyone's amazing it's just it depends on what time you get given and and how you are directed in the sessions so you know i give so much credits to morgan ollie and hannah all who guided us uh and our voice performances in every single session because without them you know i wouldn't really have known what to do um so for me, it, it was a highlight in my 
in my experience as a voiceover actor for video games because I've never been given that time before um mm. and so I felt like I always did my best work when I when I walked out of the session you know sometimes you you finish a, a recording session and you're like I don't even know what that was you're just like well they're just gonna have to piece the piece piece it all together I don't know what whether that's good or bad um yeah but with this I always felt like confident I felt really confident mm. because yeah we we explored the scenes together until I was happy as well you know I mm. I could I had the power to say actually guys I want to try again i didn't feel like this was my best take. Like I want to, I want to try again and go again. Um, wow. Yeah. So it was uh, one of the best experiences I've had voicing video games. And mm. have you ever had a chance to do motion capture or performance capture? Because I feel like you would really thrive doing that. <sighs> it's my dream. Yeah. Genuinely, it's my dream. I've never done it. Um, we did face capture for this so okay yeah you had the yeah. camera on yeah okay we had the camera on so in a way i felt like you know as soon as you've got your facial expressions and you, you you have to use your whole body anyway it's like mm -hmm. being on camera you are on camera actually so yeah you you gotta you gotta give it your all um but uh oh this is a very sad story actually i I was hired to do performance capture, motion capture in Vancouver for a good six months. And this was a few years ago. And I was so excited. I was like, oh God, I'm moving to Vancouver. I'm doing mo like motion capture. I've never done this before. Like, And two weeks before I was about to fly, the whole project got red lit oh, and it man. didn't happen. And then I got an email from the producer saying something happened. There was something about the finances that didn't go through mm. uh, or like they didn't get the last sort of financing they they that was required. So they've put all of the financing for this game into another game and I'm not part of it. Man, how, so do, you, how do you feel reading an email like that? That's devastating. It was devastating. I was planning my mortgage on this job, mm, you know? Yeah. It was six months of motion capture and for a huge game. They didn't tell me what the game was. So like, I can't, I can't. You can't even say. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, it was, uh, that was devastating. So that was like my, the closest I got to doing motion capture, but I have told all of my agents I'm very interested. So hopefully something will come. That's good. Yeah. I think you'd really thrive in an environment like that. I can already tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can tell too. Yeah. With, with Final Fantasy, did you, were you one to look at the reviews when they came out? Were you, yeah. Or uh, do you read all the reviews or do you, because there's, I get different stories from different actors. Some, you know, they will not look at any reviews because they don't want to be upset in case something. Yeah, swayed either good or even if they're amazing or bad, they don't sort of mm. want to be swayed either way. I'm, I'm curious where you land on that. I'm too curious. 
Yeah. <laughs> I will read them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it the older reviews came out? Was it on the 25th of May or something? It was like yeah, that sounds right. a day, yeah. a day where all the reviews came out. I was waiting. I was like looking at watching. <laughs> waiting for the, the time. Tick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I haven't read them all. No, I haven't read oh, them of all. Course, but yeah. I, I read a lot of them and I see all the comments I get on social media. I try to respond to everyone. Uh, even the bad ones, I try to respond to them as well. <laughs> so what do you yeah. say? What... <laughs> I just, I just say, thank you for taking the time. <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> thank you for your feedback or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, d- depends what it is, but, um, yeah, because yeah. people take, people have taken time out of their day to write to me. Like, I, I appreciate that. I genuinely do. So, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, but I do read the reviews and uh, I was very nervous. I was actually very nervous before the reviews because we kind of live in this bubble, I think, as voiceover actors and everyone wants it to be amazing. And we can kind of only, or I can only quite comprehend what we did in the session. And to me, that was really good work, what what everyone did. Mm. But, but to see how the whole game is is um uh, sort of reviewed it's mm. is something else you you never know like certain scenes can be good but is the whole game good mm. that's that's something else and you know we we all really wanted it to be to be so um what's yeah, that feeling was... like when you're seeing all these nines and tens just coming Amaz- through amazing so happy for you know like because I'd already met Yoshi P and Koji and all of the, you know, st- real stars of, of this. And they have lived with this project for many, many, many years. And to then, you know, to then to get reviews that aren't good, like how heartbreaking is that? When you've lived with something for years and years and you've given it your all, I've, I, feel like you know whether you've done a good job or not you just you just deserve great feedback you you did it you, oh, know? you deserve a pat on the back for finishing you any sort of art. It. yeah movie yeah. short film tv yeah. game yeah the thing is i i produce some sh- films sometimes so like i like to play like play producer sometimes and i can't say that the films that i've produced are masterpieces <laughs> But yeah. but my entire soul went into producing these films. And I know, you know, I can just imagine what it's like to produce a 90-hour video game. Mm-hmm. It's there, it's more than your soul that goes into that. And you know, um, I cherish my little short films with my whole being, even though I, you know, I watch them now in hindsight and I'm like, mm, maybe they're not masterpieces. Like I know there's definitely work still to be done. And, but I, I still look at them as my children. What one of your shorts would you recommend everyone <laughs> listening and watching? Is there any one that we oh, should gosh. seek out? Well, it depends what you like because they're all quite different in genre. Do you have a specific genre you like? You know, I like I like comedies. I don't know if you've done many comedy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've done three comedies. Yeah. Um I'm actually very proud of my first uh, first 
comedy, which is called Nobody's Darling. Okay. Um, cool. It's a 15 minute, 15 minute short film. And uh, that was, yeah, my first ever producing experience. And, you know, it kind of changed my life forever in a way. I watch it now and I'm like, yeah, there's, there's faults in this, but I kind of love it. Um, yeah. yeah. So That's check great. it out. It's actually available to watch on Vimeo. <clears throat> I think, I think it's, um, oh, cool. It's not password protected anymore because we finished our festival run. Um, that one, and then I'd say my my most recent film was a comedy as well called Painter and the Poet, and that was by far the most prestigious sort of film that I've produced with, you know, a big budget and hundred plus crew and people and actors. You know, it was hundred plus. Oh sure. yeah, yeah. Wow. We were like, I think in the end we ended up being. 120 people working on this and and we we uh filmed over four days during the pandemic actually it was when Damn. it was when omicron happened it was like in december time and omicron was kind of taking over it was really stressful where did you shoot as a producer it? in london oh wow yeah uh but i'm happy with how it turned out it's uh it's very artistic, different, different type of sort of drama comedy. Um, is it a pitch for a bigger, deeper story, or is it just a short film? I think it's just a short film. This okay. one, this one, I was kind of hired in as a producer uh, by uh, an existing film company called Silver Rose Productions. Uh, previously, I've kind of owned the IPs of the films. This one, I yeah, I got hired in as a freelance producer. Um, so no acting or were there was acting no no i i wasn't acting no i was just producing oh okay yeah, yeah right but i have a, i have a film coming up later this year that we're shooting in november where i'm also starring and producing so that will be my first bigger budget short film that i'm both starring and producing so that yeah that will be a learning are you nervous are you nervous are you excited yes. yeah Oh, I'm both nervous and excited. <laughs> I've lived with this story for so many years now. I've lived with this story since 2015. So, yeah, it's been a long time and we've developed the script for a very long time with like my really good, like closest friends. Um, and yeah, we're just so happy that it's it's happening now. Um, so I'm both uh, terrified and exhilarated and excited. <laughs> Can you give us anything on that one? Is are you allowed to reveal any small snippet? Um, yeah, I mean, I can I can give you like a broad sort of overview. It's a it's a drama, very mm -hmm. dark. Uh, it's set in the Second World War in Norway. Uh, so I play a Norwegian um, Norwegian woman uh, who finds herself in all sorts of trouble. We're kind of delving into a, a footnote in history that hasn't really been explored yet. Um, but she goes through something that many women during the Second World War went through, but it hasn't really been discussed. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's a very interesting, interesting time to explore Um yeah, I hope we do it justice. <laughs> Sounds fascinating. You've got me intrigued already. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you I'll send you a link once it's done. You can watch Thank you. It. I know. I appreciate it.
And we'll, we'll definitely check out that uh, that other film on Vimeo. And I yeah. implore everyone listening and watching to do the same. Um, is there anything you wanted to say to the Final Fantasy fans or the fans of your other work that have tuned in today or have um, loved your performance? Is there anything you wanted to pass on to them? Oh, just that I'm so grateful um, to everyone and anyone who has reached out to, you know, tell me their thoughts or or it's just so heartwarming. It's really amazing. I feel very, very loved despite Benedicta's temper. Like I know she can be dislikable. I know people might even hate her. I don't know, but <laughs> it's just yeah love hate relationship for me yeah it's a love hate <laughs> yeah i guess a lot of people have a love hate relationship with her yeah. um and i'm so uh yeah i'm so thrilled and and it feels very humbling to to be part of something so big mm. um i never ever expected it to be so big and yeah i'm just i'm so grateful um and I know I have promised a lot of people that I'm going to play the game. I have the game. I have a PlayStation. I have the game. I haven't. Have you thought about streaming? To... Yes. So I have a lot of amazing content creators who have offered to help me with the stream. Awesome. Um, I haven't really got there yet. I haven't got so far. It's just because so much stuff has been happening in my life. I've been traveling yeah, everywhere. and. I haven't had time to really sit down and I want to like sit down properly when I've got time and do it justice. So um, it will happen at some point. I, I'm not quite sure when, but uh, yeah, it will happen. And also um, like aside from what I've done and like, it's it's just these game developers, they're the best in the world. Mm. It's, yeah, it's just such an, an epic journey. Uh, and I'm hoping that everyone is feeling this. It's a long, it's a lot of time to set aside and kind of delve delve into. It's it's a big commitment, but it I is because I I am um, sorry to cut you off. I there was no. a mo there was a moment there when I was playing where I didn't touch the controller for about 30 minutes. There's a lot of cutscenes, but right. yeah, man, yeah. is it it's enthralling, I gotta say. Yeah. I think there is an option where you can play without the cutscenes, cutscenes, right? That like you can kind of. I think you can't, but I you can't do that. I wouldn't be doing it I justice. Feel, you have yeah, to. Yeah, I feel like you know I what feel I mean. Like you have to watch. You have mm. to watch the cutscenes. Uh, mm. So yeah, it's a big commitment, uh, and I'm hoping that people still, you know, take that time and commit to it and uh, and really enjoy it. It's. Yeah, I think David said it really nicely. David Menken, who plays Barnabas, he said, now it's up to you guys. Like, we're we're insignificant now. Like, it's not about us. It's about you and and you guys exploring the story. Now this world lives in, in your, in it's in your hands. So, yeah, I just enjoy, just enjoy and, and uh, keep being brilliant. But is it strange to you that, that maybe in 20 years, 30 years from now, people will still be talking about this. Has that, have you comprehended that? Like this will live on for a long, long time, this game in many, do you, you know what I'm saying? That's That hasn't sunk in, no. So I, mm. I don't know what you're saying. No, I don't, I can't imagine that. 
actually i can't imagine that it's a weird thing to think yes. about yes it is yeah mm. it's a long running long 30 year long, uh, long running franchise it's um yeah no it hasn't sunk in i can't really comprehend it yeah <laughs> uh, where can everyone follow you instagram twitter yeah uh so people can follow me on nina indis so it's my name all in one word uh, and it's the same uh handle on all of my social media so instagram twitter uh yeah instagram and twitter are probably my my biggest accounts beautiful and before i let you go can um is it possible if benedicta can come alive and say something to dan is is that a possibility (laughs) sure hmm do you have a line you want me to say well i kind of like the the lamb slaughter line Okay. okay yeah yeah Come, little lamb, to the slaughter with you. <laughs> Actually, that was, I didn't. I didn't quite like that one. I'm gonna okay. try again. Okay, give me another one. <sighs> Come, little lamb, to the slaughter with you. Oh yeah, you turned it on there. Yeah. I think that was better. Yeah, yeah I needed yeah. to turn it on. I didn't turn it on at the first time. Yeah, so. I just saw the difference there. <laughs> wow, yeah. that is crazy. Oh, that, I guess you, that's Nina. what I mean with like turning it off and on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Nina. I really appreciate this. Thank and you. Um, everyone, make sure you follow Nina. Send her love. And I appreciate it, Nina. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Dan, for having me. And um, yeah, I love your content. So uh yeah, I'm excited. I'm also excited to watch this back. Or actually, maybe I shouldn't watch it back. I don't know. I get kind of <laughs> cringed out. I get cringed out sometimes by myself. So I'm, I might watch it, but anyway, uh, I really love all of your content and yeah. Thank you so much for having me, having me on, on your podcast.